Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferrens. No tax breaks. Zero. For union busters, new legislation introduced in the halls of Congress this week. Another deadline before the big three automakers. And today, the Valley Labor Report and the United Steelworkers. Welcome to the Friday, September 22nd edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. Adam Keller is going to be our first guest on the show, No Stranger to America's Workforce. Love this guy's co-host of the Valley Labor Report in Alabama. He's also a member of IATSE Local 900. In case you uh, missed past shows with him, a little background on Adam. He spent more than a decade as an activist and organizer in North Alabama, been involved in a variety of campaigns and organizations fighting for a better Alabama that he says is not only possible, but necessary. Really good point there. Adam is a former high school history teacher, spent more than five years representing educators in Huntsville, Alabama. And as I indicated, he's a union stagehand with IATSE 900 and is proud to volunteer for his local and the North Alabama Labor Council. And for the past two years, he's been co-host and co-producer of the Valley Labor Report. Voice of Workers in the South. Got to check it out. TVLR.FM. About a week ago, TVLR successfully had a live show featuring a local comedian and a very diverse, multi-generational panel of local organizers. He's going to talk about that and how effective it was. Last week... They uh, decided to track all the new union filings, election strikes, and all the other updates. They're posting that. They're showing the, the, the mobilizing that's going on in Alabama. And they're also growing their coalition with labor with the North Alabama Labor Council. We'll talk about that. Adam's also going to talk about how his union, IATSE, is organizing new workers. Marvel VFX workers unanimously voted to join IATSE. While Disney workers, Disney VFX workers, appear to be next. And this comes amid other new organizing efforts by IATSE, including in the video game industry, as well as a historic win recently unionizing touring physical therapists. Lots going on in Alabama. I'll tell you, of all the uh, southern states, you're seeing more organizing in uh, Alabama. Again, a right-to-work state. Later in the show, we're going to check in with Steelworkers Local 2559 and their president, who is actually retiring at the end of this month. That would be Jerry Green. Get this, 50 years in the steel industry. He started his journey in 1973, and he's been a union rep for about 30 of those years. Jerry says, I've been part of the rise, the fall, and now the reshoring of the steel industry. In the United States of America. One of the things we're going to talk about with Jerry, and I love to have somebody that has a history with a union and a great union at that, being the United Steelworkers. 
The question is this. If you could give a young apprentice any advice for a long-standing, successful career with the United Steelworkers, what would you say? That question we're going to pose to uh, Jerry Green, who is uh, retiring at the end of this month. USW.org for complete updates. And I'll tell you, they got a lot of good stuff posted there. Many good videos as well. Now, a look into the world of labor. The segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at BoydWatterson.com. Well, this week, the U.S. House of Representatives members, Don Norcross, who comes from the IBEW out of the state of New Jersey, and Judy Shu, along with, she's out of California, and Brendan Boyle out of Pennsylvania. These are all Democrats. They introduced the No Tax Breaks for Union Busting Act to end the ability of corporations to deduct union busting expenses from their taxes. By the way, a similar bill has been introduced in the Senate. The president of the CWA, Claude Cummings Jr., said giving tax breaks for union busting adds insult to injury. Corporations spend millions to prevent workers from joining together to demand what we are due, family supporting wages, good benefits, reasonable work schedules. For the U.S. government to subsidize these attempts to silence working people is unconscionable. Congress must do everything in its power to crack down on union busting and ensure that all workers who want to form a union have a chance to do so. Well, you have to know this. In recent decades, as union busting activity has pretty much exploded, corporations have profited by deducting the ever-increasing expenses of union busting from their federal taxes. Employers now collectively spend, collectively, over $430 million per year, per year, on union avoidance consultants alone, not counting the untold millions more on anti-union advertising campaigns and mandatory captive audience meetings where workers are forced to listen to anti-union propaganda. The uh, steelworkers are also joining in this fight. I got a comment here from uh, Tom Conway. Virtually every union is going to be joining this eventually, but uh, Tom says, simply put, the U.S. government should not be subsidizing corporate attacks on American working families. That's why the USW supports the no tax breaks for union busting. For too long, U.S. corporations have had the upper hand when workers want to organize unions, improve their working conditions, and create a better quality of life for themselves as well as their families. On paper, workers have the right to join unions in this country. In reality, however, company owners often spend millions on lawyers and other high-priced consultants to run union-busting campaigns, and they're all based on fear, intimidation, and lies to deny them their legal rights. Companies even break the law on a regular basis in their effort to deny workers the right to bargain collectively. Well, this bill, which is introduced this week, again, no tax breaks for union-busting. It would end that practice and instead treat anti-union expenses just like any other corporate lobbying activity. That's hard to believe that this has been going on and going on for a long time. 
The talks between the uh, Detroit automakers and the UAW union did not appear to move forward on Wednesday as that strike, a targeted strike, entered day number eight today. Now, if anything, the tension may have been ratched up a notch, and this is due to an editorial written by Mark Royce, who's president of General Motors, and this appeared in the Detroit Free Press. Now, he took issue with what he called several myths he said are being shared, including that General Motors does not pay its workers a decent wage. Here's what he said about the wages. In our current proposal, we are offering a 20% wage increase, including for temporary employees who make up only 6 to 10% of our workforce. Now, these are the people that are making 17 bucks an hour to start. He went on to say 85% of current represented employees would earn a base wage. Now, this is with the 20% of $82,000 a year. And he said, in contrast, the average medium household income in nine areas where GM has major assembly plants is just shy of $52,000 a year. And then he talked about profits because they've had enormous profits. Now, he says those profits are going back into the company. This is what he claimed. Those record profits are reinvested in our company and our people. (laughs) I don't know about the people part, but... Last year, 2022, GM had net income profits of $9.9 billion. In 2023, this year, capital spending, $11 to $12 billion. He says over the past 10 years, our net income totaled $65 billion, and the amount we invested in that same period was $77 billion. Now, keep in mind, this is what the president of General Motors is saying. So he claims they're losing money. That's like the car dealer saying, I'm selling this car below cost. Who does that? Come on now. In the meantime, today is the day, the deadline for the UAW to expand their targeted strikes. Now, the announcement came out at 10 o'clock this morning and, um, course we record this show before that so my suggestion is go to uaw.org to see how the strike has actually expanded in the united states uaw.org all right we're going to take a quick break when we come back the valley labor report this is america's workforce more shows available at awfradio.com It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A 
www.nursesfirefighters.org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Iron Workers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SPS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. Hey, this is Sean McGarvey, and I'm president of North America's Building Trades Unions, and I'm a proud listener of America's Workforce. I love this podcast. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can always find more at oh.aft.org. And if you missed the conversation we had with Melissa Cropper on Tuesday, just go to awfpodcast.com. She talked a lot about organizing, a lot of organizing going on in uh, a number of libraries and also charters in the state of Ohio. oh.aft.org is their website. Right now, let's go to Alabama and join what, is becoming one of our regulars here. Adam Keller, co-host of the Valley Labor Report. Got to check it out. TVLR.FM is the uh, website. And uh, apparently they had a live show. This would be, uh, I guess, uh, last week featuring a local comedian and a panel of local organizers. Hey, you know, you got to get creative when it comes to organizing. Adam, welcome back to America's Workforce. This sounds pretty exciting. And I like the approach. Talk to me about it, brother. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity, as always. I always enjoy talking with you at Flash. But, yeah, the live show was this past weekend, and we rented out a little space at a comedy theater. A good community group runs the theater, so it was a good relationship to build there. And we had a multi-generational panel. Uh, we had folks more from the social justice wing of side uh, side of things, and we also had folks from – you know, traditional labor side of, of the movement, uh, including a retiree, including a postal worker steward. Um, and we had just great conversation about what it's like to organize in the South. We shared some stories about winning power in the workplace and beating the boss and fighting back against politicians. 
Uh, and we started the, the the night with a set from a local working class comedian, uh, which really, you know, got, got the crowd going, uh, got us all in a good mood. And uh, we served only union beer, of course, at the event. Uh, and it was a really good success. We called it Labor Talk Live. And our tagline was, is union a dirty word? Uh, because as many of your listeners will know, down here in the South, a lot of us have been taught that union is a dirty word. And so we thought it was important to have, you know, some in-person engagement and to gather some of our uh, listeners and some of our allies in the same space. And to me, that was the most remarkable thing is that we had dozens of our favorite people, some of the movers and shakers of North Alabama, activists and organizers uh, who were committed to the cause. And and they all got together in the same room and connect and swap cards and, and, you know, swap stories and Really, that's what it's all about as organizing. It's just connecting people and seeing where those connections can take you. So I'm excited to see, you know, where the relationships will go from there. But it was it was a fun event, and, and we're hoping to do more of that. That sounds pretty exciting. And I have to ask you, and I've been through a number of uh, comedy clubs throughout my career, and uh, there's always hecklers, and there's always people that probably shouldn't be there. They like to stand out in the crowd. And you, you mentioned about, you know, unions being a dirty word in Alabama. Uh, how was the, was the rea- did any of that happen? How, how was the reaction from the crowd, Adam? Uh, the reaction was great. Um, you know, thankfully, we did sell tickets in advance. So that did kind of cut down on, on any, uh, you know, opposition we might have had. And so it was really just like-minded folks gathered. Uh, and I say like-minded, but again, you know, some were more from, like progressive social justice organizations, not so much labor. Uh, some were just good union brothers. You know, we had folks from the iron workers, the postal workers, the steel workers, Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, a pretty eclectic mix of folks who were all committed to people power, but maybe in different ways. Uh, and so I thought that was really cool to have that dialogue. And, and like I mentioned earlier, the intergenerational dialogue, my, my favorite guest was Joe Marshall, who's a retired steel worker. And he was uh, president of his local for years throughout the 80s and 90s. His paper mill eventually closed. So, you know, he really got uh, an upfront experience with what it's like to represent workers, especially in an environment of outsourcing uh, and increasing corporate consolidation. Uh, so just getting getting to hear those stories and have millennials talk with folks who are in their 80s about what it's like to to come together with your coworkers, uh, really exciting, and and we got overwhelmingly positive feedback, and and we've been requested to do something like this again in the spring. Uh, so we're hoping to do something even bigger next year, uh, and maybe even bring in more labor leaders uh, from across the South to really just you know enhance the conversation. That's awesome. That's do you have this all posted on your your website tvlr.fm? So. Uh, what we're going to do is for those who are donors or who bought tickets, we're going to be uh, uploading the full performance. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of light editing, make sure you know sounds good, looks good, uh, and we're going to put that out there for those who are supporters of the Valley Labor Report. So if you couldn't make the live show but you still support us, uh, you'll get a chance to, to take a look. Well, congratulations. I know you had to put a lot of work into uh, to doing this, but uh, that's a great way to get the message out. I mean, comedy works. It really does. And uh, there's a lot that can be said what's going on in America right now. No doubt. No doubt. Okay, I have to ask you, we've been hitting the uh, the UAW 
targeted strike pretty hard here because uh, I mean this is this is a huge story and in fact it's it's probably going to expand to various other markets as of today but uh, I have to ask you in the south traditional you got the so-called transplant you know the Nissans the Toyotas the Hyundais down there what what's the uh, what's the take on the strike down there Adam well, we're definitely getting a lot of calls from UAW members, uh, not just from across the South, but even from across the country. And overwhelmingly, the response has been positive. Members seem to be fired up. Uh, we had a brother from Mississippi call us last week and, and talk about how excited he was to be getting regular updates from his union and to be tuning in, you know, that him and his coworkers are just kind of glued to these live streams that President Sean Fain is doing. And, you know, they were a little nervous, of course. Um, There's some anxiety going around because, you know, this is such a monumental struggle. And it's the biggest labor struggle happening right now in America. It's it's a struggle that really resonates, I think, with working people across the spectrum, uh, regardless of your industry. We all want to be paid fairly. We all want to be able to retire with dignity. We all want to be able to go to the doctor when we need to go to the doctor. Um, we all want to be paid the same rate for the same work, right? And so we're hearing a lot of excitement from UA mem- UAW members who want to end two-tier, who want to bring back the pension, who want to see a fighting union uh, and are tired of the concessions and the years of givebacks. And so, you know, it's been really exciting to see. In Alabama, most of our UAW members are retirees, unfortunately, uh, because mm-hmm. of the trends of the industry, right? We've we've seen the decline of unionization inside the auto industry, including in the auto parts, the supply chain, which is very heavily in the South. Uh, and we've seen foreign manufacturers locate here in the South. We have a big Toyota plant, a big Mercedes plant here in Alabama. And so what I'm really curious about is how is this going to be resonating with these non-union auto workers throughout the South? And what I hope to see and what we're, you know, hoping to get more engagement on is their opinions and their perspectives. And what are they talking about in their shops? Um, Because it's certainly my hope that this will inspire workers throughout the industry to demand better and to come together to demand better. And so I'm really excited. I'm pulling for the UAW and sending all of our love and solidarity in the struggle and, and hope to see a victory very soon. Um, and I look forward to how this could manifest, manifest new growth in the South, uh, because if the UAW were to organize down here in places like Alabama, places like Mississippi, it could really transform our state. Uh, and so we're just hoping to see this positive momentum keep going. And uh, again, I just can't celebrate enough what the UAW and Sean Fain and that whole team is doing to engage their members, educate their members. And to speak not just to their members, but to the broader American working class. You notice the uh, militancy of the UAW today with the new leadership. I mean, first of all, their website is awesome. They've got videos. You can feel you can feel the power of this uh, of this leadership team that they have. So we'll see what happens. And we we have to point this out. You know this, Adam. What I'm going to say here: unions lift all boats. You know that. So whatever they accomplish, and eventually this is going to come to an end, but whatever they accomplish at the bargaining table 
is going to help all auto workers at those non-union plants as well that you talked about in the state of Alabama. And there's some in, in Mississippi because they're going to realize, well, you know what? If GM and Ford and Stellantis, if those workers are making that money, we have to pay them more money. Otherwise, they're going to go there. That's exactly what's going to happen here. Any thoughts on that? Right. I absolutely agree. agree. And I think we can even take a step back further to say, look at what Teamsters accomplished this summer and their victory over ending two tiers and how that is sort of giving some momentum to a broader change across industries. That the time of two tiers is over. It's, it's way past time to end that horrible practice. It's way past time to bring back pensions as a standard for working people. It's way past time to end this, you know, ter- terrible abuse of so-called temporary employment, you know, where folks are called temps for months and years at a time without benefits, without the same rate of pay. And, you know, I think it, it does lift all boats. I think it's going to set a new standard for the industry, um, and, and I think it's just going to continue momentum for working people more broadly because it seems to me that there is just this resurgence of the labor movement in this country. There's a new militancy among working people coming out of the pandemic, and workers are tired of it. We've been losing for decades, and we're tired of it, and we're ready to win. And so I really applaud the UAW for this, this historic struggle uh, and I'm cheering them on because it's about time we win. And, Adam, I want to pick up on uh, what you mentioned about the Teamsters. I had a story yesterday about the uh, drivers with Amazon. These are the contracted drivers. They're getting a pay raise. Kind of funny that happened right after the Teamsters negotiated their contract, don't you think? Right, right, absolutely. I mean, and, and so that's the power. And, and that's where, uh, you know, non-union workers are going to be looking around and seeing the gains that the unions are bringing for working people. And it's only going to increase, you know, our our engagement with folks. And so we know the public opinion polling is behind us. We know that workers overwhelmingly want to join unions. It's really going to be up to us in this labor movement to, to make sure we have the capacity to expand what we need to and to support workers as they take on these new challenges. Gallup says 75% of the American public supporting the UAW right now. 75%. Adam Keller joining us on our live line today, co-host of the Valley Labor Report. Do check out their website. TVLR.FM is a website. Later in the show, we're going to check in with Steelworkers Local 2559 and their president, Jerry Green. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. 
whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at boydwatterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment brought to you by... In part, by the United Labor Agency. You could find more at ulagency.org. Let's go back to uh, Alabama. Rejoin Adam Keller on behalf of the Valley Labor Report, also a member of IATSE 900. We're going to talk about some organizing there as well. But uh, I want to talk about this, uh, I guess, this uh, feature that you do on the show last week in Southern Labor, where you track all new union filings, elections, and strikes. Sounds pretty exciting. Um, talk to me about it, Adam. Sure. So we had a, a segment called Last Week in Southern Labor, and we based it off a newsletter called Who Gets the Bird that Jonah Furman was doing, where he was tracking for the entire country all the NLRB filings, election results, you know, strike updates, other bargaining updates, you know, anything you can imagine about basically here's a snapshot of what happened in the labor movement over the past week. Well, as it turns out, Jonah is now with Sean Fain and the UAW in that administration. So he's not doing the newsletter anymore. And we felt that that was like just such a huge service because there's not a lot of reporting happening to really just collect this data and document what happens every week. And so us being a Southern show, we are focusing on the South. And what we do every week is we, you know, scour through the NLRB filings. We see any new filings that have taken place, any election results that have taken place. Uh, And then we uh, do our best through various sources to look for strikes and bargaining updates, anything that may be relevant to Southern labor. And we put this out on our show every week, but we've we've also started uh, releasing it as a newsletter. So folks can sign up at tvlr.fm. Just put in your email. You can get that as a newsletter every week. And that gives you an idea of, where are workers on the move? Where are they organizing? And it's very, it's fascinating for us to, you know, to look through there because you find out about 
little union wins that you never would have heard of otherwise. You know, I, I learned that the Teamsters organized a Head Start Early Childhood Center in the Mississippi Delta earlier this year, for example. Um, and so we think it's really important that we have the facts and that we know who is organizing and where and who are they organizing with and how is it turning out. We have to track that as a movement if, if we're serious about growing. And one of the, the stories that has been most interesting to me that we, we, we broke the news of this event, which was a strike on August 27th at the Scottsboro Starbucks. Scottsboro, Alabama is very rural. It was only the second uh, store to go union in Alabama. And this was the first Starbucks strike in Alabama. And the thing that was so fascinating to me is that they only won their union by one vote. It was very tight. Uh, the organizing committee, it was all young people. The youngest person on the committee was 16 years old fighting back against, you know, this corporate behemoth and their anti-union activities. Uh, but on August 27th, they were able to shut down the store all afternoon. And uh, my daughter and I came to the picket line to support them. And, of course, the Valley Labor Report, uh, we wrote about that as well on our website. And so that's the kind of work that we're trying to do. Just document what's happening with Southern Labor. Let folks know, um, because it's easy to think that maybe there's nothing happening or that maybe mm -hmm. you're all alone. But there are workers on the move across the South. Uh, despite the uphill battle, and it's important we get those stories out there. And Alabama is leading the pack, I might add. Last week in Southern Labor, got to check that out. Um, sign up for the emails at tvlr.fm. So, Adam, you got that going on, and I understand that uh, you're growing. You're growing your coalition down there with the North Alabama Labor Council joining Arise. Can you explain uh, what's at play here? Sure. So last month, I started with Alabama Rise as the Northeast Alabama organizer. And Alabama Rise is a member-driven coalition of over 150 faith-based civic groups, other nonprofit groups, and as well as thousands of individual members and, and grassroots leaders. And so we are, you know, in my opinion, the leading coalition uh, fighting back against poverty in Alabama and advocating for policies that support working people. And as part of our coalition, we do have some labor groups. You know, we've got ATU Local 770. We've got the Central Alabama Labor Federation. And we just grew the North Alabama Labor Council, voted to join Alabama Rise last month. Uh, my union, IOTC 900, joined our Medicaid expansion coalition last month that I talked to you about. And so, you know, we're seeing our coalition grow. And I think it's so important that we, we have community labor coalition, right? Alabama Rise is really tied into the community. As I said, we've got a, a huge base in, in the churches and among working people. We know if we can work together with the labor movement, we'll be that much stronger. And so we're really working to do that. Um, I'm excited that later this fall, we have two big labor developments. Our worker policy advocate, Dev Wakely, is going to be coming out with his report called The State of Working Alabama. And uh, we'll have to have him on the show for you because it's going to be really good. Uh, I know he's going to take a, a deep look into the auto industry in Alabama. 
that we've been talking about today. So I think that's going to be really fascinating, and and I hope will actually be helpful for UAW as they move forward in the South. And then on October 26th, we have a worker power convening. Um, that week, the state AFL-CIO will have its convention in Montgomery. And so the next day, Alabama Rise is hosting this worker power meeting to gather labor leaders and uh, labor activists together to really talk about what would a pro-worker agenda look like in mm-hmm. the capital of Montgomery? What would it look like to advance a pro-worker agenda in our state legislature? And so we're going to talk about that and talk about the kind of community labor coalition we need to actually realize that. And so, I'm, you know, I couldn't be more excited to be on the team with Alabama Rise. And, I mean, this is just what I love to do, fighting for the people. And Arise has been doing that for years through policy work, through statewide organizing, through citizen advocacy. So I'm just really excited about the potentials that we have to grow that coalition between the community and labor. Uh, because I think, the, like I said, the, the stronger we're so much stronger when we come together. Our voices are louder when we're together. Uh, and so I'm excited about the possibilities that we have uh, to really build working, working class power here in Alabama. And Adam, you got an open forum here. If we can help you out, we'll do that here on America's Workforce, especially because you're you're moving the needle in the right direction down there. And Alabama's on a roll right now, so let's keep it going that that way. And October 26th, that's a date. I'll put that on my calendar here, a worker power convention there, October 26th. And by the way, here's the website for those of you listening. It's alarise.org. A-L-A-Rise.org. Do check that out. Okay, let's uh, button up this uh, conversation with some uh, organizing here. And let's see your union, IATSE, and that would be local, uh, what is it, 900? You're on the move here. That's that's your local. But IATSE in general is uh, doing pretty well organizing uh, video gamers. Why don't you talk to me about this, uh, Adam? Sure. I I am proud to be a member of IOTC 900, where I serve as political coordinator. And through that role, you know, one of my main jobs is to keep our local members informed of what our union is doing across North America. And it's so exciting to report to my members that IOTC is on a roll right now. Um, We have made some huge wins, uh, particularly in the VFX industry. So this is the video special effects. And as you can imagine, if you've watched any movies in the last 10, 20 years, there are growing numbers of folks working in these video special effects departments. And historically, it is non-union, right? So despite the Mm -hmm. fact that most of the entertainment industry is unionized, whether it's, you know, the -the behind-the-scenes folks with IATSE or, of course, the actors and the writers who, you know, we want to send our solidarity to them as they continue their strike, um, And so the VFX industry has been kind of this pocket of non-union workforce in the industry. And as you can imagine, they have been exploited uh, because of that. And so I'm very proud to report that IATSE won a huge unanimous win at the Marvel VFX department. Uh, So this is the first VFX union to exist and um, really proud that you know, IOTC pulled this off, and to win unanimously is just so huge. Uh, that was September 12th when those votes were counted. And as we speak, there is an election happening at the Disney VFX department. 
right? So we could see both Marvel and Disney VFX workers unionize here this fall with IATSE, uh, which does connect to, you know, their broader outreach to try to organize these pockets of the entertainment industry that have been uh, left non-union. And the other big one would be the video game industry. So IATSE did uh, gameworkers.org rate and conditions survey. They did a similar thing uh, over the past year with the VFX department. So what they did was gather feedback and gather data from workers in the video game industry about their treatment, about their pay, about their conditions, what they want to see. And so they came out with this uh, report just in the last month or so, and they really talked about how the video game industry is, you know, kind of a parallel reality. It's a parallel system of non-union high exploitation workforce. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot about crunch time, you know, when these games are, are running up towards the release deadline and, and you've got work, folks working 10, 12, 14 hours a day trying to get it done. Um, and it's really, it's about time that these workers have a union, have union protections, union benefits. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just so proud of IATSE for the work they're doing in these new industries and trying to unionize all of the entertainment industry. And um, this comes, you know, after another win IATSE had as well, uh, a historic first of touring physical therapists that they organized uh, based out of Georgia. Um, so, you know, of course, entertainment crews that are on the road are mostly IATSE members, um, but in some cases they're a physical therapist to accompany folks on the road. And now some of those are actually IATSE members. So really just, I love to see it. Uh, I think it's really important that the entire industry be held to a union standard and uh, applaud IATSE for really going after these workers and supporting them and lifting them up in the struggle. And they're fighting exploitation. It's real simple. And they're taking advantage of so many people in that industry, which is making a whole lot of money right now. Whole lot of money. Adam Keller, co-host of the Valley Labor Report, member of IATSE Local 900, and also Alabama Arise. Lots, lots going on in the state of Alabama, and Adam is in the middle of it all. TVLR.FM, that's the website. Also, check them out on Facebook, the Valley Labor Report. Just go to Facebook, forward slash the Valley Labor Report. And on Twitter, it's Labor Reporters. That's plural, Labor Reporters. You take care, brother. We'll talk to you down the road, okay? As always, love and solidarity from Alabama. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Jerry Green with the Steelworkers for 50 years. He'll talk about his journey next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of LIUNA, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. 
There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, Canada and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. Hi, this is Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce radio and podcast. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Real simple, AWF Union Podcast. Everything is archived right there. Let's go to line number two right now and welcome a gentleman who spent his entire life as a steel worker. I'm talking about Jerry Green, who's actually retiring in about a week from local 2599, which is located in Lehigh, Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. Jerry Green, welcome to America's Workforce. And I'll tell you, we have something in common. I started in broadcasting that same year, 1973. And uh, I know this has been a long journey. I was reading earlier, you've been part of the rise, the fall, and now the reshoring of the steel industry in the United States. But talk to me about your local 2599. Give me a, give me some number. How many, how many brothers and sisters are part of that local there, Jerry? Well, right right now we uh, have uh, approximately 1,200 members in our local. We uh, service uh, uh, 15 companies uh, in the Lehigh Valley, uh, uh, which is Northampton County, Lehigh County, uh, some in Carbon County, a little down in Bucks County, and then we have one unit that uh, has uh, you know a lot of the eastern Pennsylvania. So uh, you know we're a very diversified local. We uh, we service anywhere from uh, uh, manufacturing to clerical to uh, uh, registered nurses uh, to cable companies, uh, uh, things of those nature. So, uh, you know, again, like I said, we're very diversified and uh, uh, we're uh, hanging in here where it was once the big giant of Bethlehem Steel that uh, once uh, employed 30,000 members back in the 50s. And uh, in my day, when I started back in 1973, uh, we had uh, around 18,000 uh, members. So, uh, you know, quite a change in the last uh, 50 years. And, uh, but, um, you know, thank God we're still hanging in there. Yeah. Well, you got a powerful union behind you and you, you'd mentioned about diversification. You had to do that because of, of the changing of the market over the years and, and seeing all those jobs go to Mexico and then go to China 
But uh, you're you're at the end of the road here. Any any plans here for uh, for retirement after 50 years here, Jerry? <laughs> well, you know, I, I you know, uh, again, uh, I put my life into it. Uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, I don't think it's even set in yet. Uh, and uh, you're right, I uh, will be retiring September 29th. Uh, uh, the, the, the significance of that day is that uh, uh, one, it was my mom's birthday, and uh-huh. two, uh, Ed O'Brien, who was a a, a a mentor of mine, that was a, a, a assistant to the director of the Steelworkers, uh, swore me in um, 23 years ago. So uh, you know, I'm I'm excited, and it's uh, quite important to me that uh, we do it that day. As far as my plans, well, I. Uh, you know, I kind of uh, postured myself for this day to come. Uh, I have a couple of houses that I own down in Florida, so we're looking to spend, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, the majority of the winters down there and and uh, come back to uh, the Lehigh Valley in the summertime. I do have family back here as well. So uh, that's kind of like uh, my uh, immediate thoughts. And, um, I mean, who knows? Things Things could change. Right. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to moving on. Well, be glad you got a darn good pension because you're a steel worker. That makes a big difference in, in a person's life, especially when uh, retirement comes. I want to talk to you. This, this is a question I want to pose to you because we, we have a very broad audience here. The, this show has exploded. I've been hosting it for 25 years. We're in the top 1% of all podcasts. In fact, we just got off the phone with uh, Adam Keller, who co-hosts a, a radio show in um, in Alabama, and he's talking about organizing going down there. And you you know, I mean, Alabama, that's a tough state for unions, mm-hmm. but it's happening. So what I want to pose to you is if you can give a young apprentice any advice, any advice at all for a career, a good career, with the steel workers, and I mean, you did it for fifty years. I'm sure you got a lot to bring to the table here. What would you say to that person, Jerry? I mean, I do. Uh, you know, I do some public speaking, and you know, I do. Uh, you know, deal with some of the younger generation now. Um, you know, I, I kind of share my stories with them how I come up. But uh, you know, uh, nowadays it's a different. You know, it's a different game. It's, uh, uh, I have a, a son that's. Uh, He's uh, uh, with the heavy highway steel workers for uh, over 20 years now. I, I had a grandson that uh, uh, worked uh, in the steel workers, uh, uh, one of the steel workers companies in our area as well. So, you know, and myself, uh, my dad was a steel worker. But my advice, to, my advice to them is if you're going to get involved, you know, I used to tell my sons, you be the best that you can be. Uh, you know, if you're, a, if you're an executive, if you're a doctor, if you're a janitor, just uh, do, be the best. Be the best at it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and just uh, what I learned back in my earlier days is that, uh, you know, I listened to the older generation and, you know, I gained a lot of knowledge from that. And, uh, you know, and I, and I thought that that was helpful to me, is, uh, especially, you know, as a young 18-year-old uh, getting into the working world as a steelworker, uh, you know, I appreciated the the time and effort that the older generation would sit and talk to me about various uh, things so i would say uh, you know communication and and, uh, and and gaining knowledge would be uh, probably most uh, important that i would tell uh, you know the uh, younger generation 
Well, Jerry, you are part of the older generation now. I have to ask you, are the, are the young ones listening to you? Are, are, are they uh, taking some of your advice here? Well, you know how that goes. I think some are, some aren't. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, the world has changed so much, especially with technology now and cell phones and Internet. And, you know, we didn't have that stuff when I, uh, you know, when I first uh, went to work in the steelworkers. So, you know, again, it's a different game. I mean, what are you going to do? You can just, you can preach to them if, uh, you know, if they take your advice and, and run with it, fine. If they don't, well, that's, I guess that's their loss. And, but, uh, you know, I, I would like to see the younger Jason, younger generation pick it up a little bit because manufacturing definitely needs, uh, you know, younger workers nowadays. I mean, everybody in the Lehigh Valley is hiring right now. And it's just a, a shame. There should be no unemployment at this point. Because the jobs are out there and they're plentiful, so you know, I mean, hopefully some of them listen and you know and uh, and get a career. I don't know if you're ever going to see the days again where uh, somebody works for the same company for twenty, thirty, especially fifty years. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I'd like to see them give it a shot. Yeah, boy. To your point, my dad was a steel worker, and I had an uncle as uh, as well. He worked at Alcoa. My dad worked at mm-hmm. U.S. Steel for mm-hmm. uh, for 42 years and at that yeah. time he was able to support the entire family my mom was a stay-at-home mom and it all worked but to your point different time in america different time okay transition here this is your last question uh, okay. the new leadership at 2599 I, I would imagine you're working with the the next person here jerry yeah my uh the uh my vice president uh he's been with me for uh you know 16 years now so um um, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, probably about 12 years younger than I am. And, uh, he's going to take over the reins. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I told him, I wish him all the best. You know, I will be passing the baton over to him, uh, next week. And, uh, um, and I told him, listen, you know, I might be leaving, but I'm not disappearing. So, you know, at any time, if you want to call me, you have a question or need some advice, uh, you know, I, I got your back. So, uh, I, I'm optimistic that, uh, you know, he's going to do a good job. Um, if he follows the lead, I think, uh, you know, we'll, uh, 2599 will be around for a long time. There you go. Jerry Green, president over 20 years of 2599, United Steelworkers, 50 years in steel. Well, I appreciate you coming to the show today. And uh, give me the address of your house in Florida. When I'm down there, I'll look you up. Okay, brother? There you go. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> okay, well, just take give me care. a call. Just give me a call. If you're down that way, we'll get together. How's that? There you go. Okay, Jerry, you take care. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Yep, thank you. USW 2599, national website, USW.org. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up on Monday, National Nurses United in the Transportation Trades Department of the AFL-CIO. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.